I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Okay, Penn State football fans, blue-white breakdown time. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by one of the biggest Philadelphia 76ers fans I know, Johnny McGonigal. He has quickly turned the page on the Eagles season. Great game, entertaining game, but not a great game if you're an Eagles fan. Johnny, just at the top, before we get to Penn State, just wanted to say, hey, it was a hell of a game to watch, but I know that you're not really happy with the result. Yeah. Uh, Bob, did you know that the Sixers are third in the East right now? Uh, only a few games out of the Celtics. Joel Embiid playing at a high level. No, it, it's been, yeah, it's been a rough, uh, it's, it's been a rough couple of days, you know, like that Sunday. I'm not going to lie. I really thought with the AJ Brown touchdown, that felt like, uh, hey, like we're here to play kind of moment. Look, you, you just can't make mistakes in the Super Bowl. You can't make mistakes against Patrick Mahomes. The holding thing aside, like I think it's a crappy way to end the game, but. That aside, you can't have a crappy punt and let up a 65-yard return uh, to give them a touchdown. You can't fumble and scoop and score. You can't give that up. So you can't have zero sacks when you're the you know all-time sack team in the you know it's just it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But hey, we uh, we try to turn the page. Uh, that's why I'm quite literally uh, trying to turn the page here. And yeah, no, but but. We don't have to relitigate my sadness, Bob. <laughs> we don't. We don't. I just wanted to say it was a heck of a season for the Eagles. You know, they were they were they're they're knocking on the door again. That's a good team. So I am interested to see what happens with Miles Sanders now this offseason uh, to tie it in with Penn State because uh, he's out of contract now. Um, you know, they've got Kenny Gainwell in the rookie deal. Um, he's going to be looking for a good con a big contract. He deserves it after having a Pro Bowl season. Yeah, to tie it in with Penn State. Yeah, interesting to see. Interested to see what comes of his situation this offseason and uh, what kind of suitors he uh, he has for his services. Yeah, I think that I would not surprise me if he's played his last game as an Eagle just because of the way that they draft, the way that their cap is, the fact they have an extra first round pick. They, they have a lot of things they can do if they want if they want to do that. And you mentioned Gainwell, their running game in that offensive line. They can make a lot of guys look good. But if that was his final game, that was not his best game as an Eagle. But we both know. And I think Penn State fans know how how talented of a back uh, he was. One more thing I just want to say about the Super Bowl, and I think you would agree. I just was really disappointed the playing surface. Um, I, I, it's not an excuse because both teams both teams had to play with that surface, but that's kind of a joke to have that kind of game and that kind of a field because it definitely was not. Uh, it did not enhance the uh, the abilities of of either team, and it, it's unfortunate. 
I would mention that because of the running game. And I just think that, you know what, uh, if you didn't have the right cleats on that day, it, maybe it wasn't going to be your day. But I was really surprised uh, they did not get that field right. And hopefully that will never happen again. But, Johnny, let's get let's get to Penn State. You know, it's it we're, it is Valentine's Day, Johnny. So uh, we're halfway through February 14th. I'm not going to wish you a happy Valentine's Day, but we are roughly about a month away from the start of spring practice. Knowing that we've got a chance to talk to some young players last week, why don't we just look at what's going to be new for Penn State when, once they start, you know, spring drills, whether it's guys leaving or guys that are really talented, ready, poised to maybe make a big jump at either starting or playing a significant role. Why don't we go through a couple of positions on this uh, on this episode, see how far we get. I think we should start at the position that we always – Ballyhoo, and and it's turned into I think a potential position of strength. The offensive line. What what do we think is going to be new as as spring practice inches closer? Um, they obviously lost um, a really a really talented center in Juice Scruggs, but the good news is the way they've recruited and what they have coming back and what they've been able to a player they've added in the transfer portal who sh- who is back. I think what's new is going to be very exciting for Penn State when it comes to the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, you look at those two losses. You mentioned Juice Scruggs, who has an NFL future ahead of him, and he's going to be at the Combine among uh, seven Penn Staters uh, out in Indianapolis in a few weeks. So he has a chance to make himself some money out there on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium and in interviews. And uh, he's a kid that you would expect to kill the interview process. And uh, he's a really cerebral guy and, and really was the heartbeat of that Penn State offensive line last year, a unit that was a strength, was a positive, finally, under uh, James Franklin in his tenure to, to have a group that was able to lead a, a solid rushing attack. And uh, so, yeah, replacing him is going to be difficult. I think uh, a sneaky loss is uh, Bryce Effner uh, in the way that he stepped up at right tackle for them uh, last season, you know, when Caden, Caden Wallace goes down. and uh, But Caden, you know, will be back. And you, know, you have Drew Shelton, who gained a lot of experience uh, at left tackle while Ulu Fashionu was out injured after that Ohio State game. And so in terms of newness, in terms of what to expect, like I'm expecting Hunter Norzad to pro- you know, flip over from guard to center and man that spot, at least start there and and see if it works out because you've got depth and experience, really. Landon Tengwall and Sal Wormley uh, at guard. Um, and, and Norzad has taken snaps uh, at center before both in game and in practice. And then at right tackle, we're expecting a, a battle here, a competition between Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton. And I'm interested to see how it pans out. And it is one of those that, that I think you have to keep an eye on really this spring. You know, it, it, battles are normally one position battles are normally one in the fall. But uh, this is a situation where Caden Wallace is, you know, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. And if he gets the sense that Drew Shelton is taking this job or if they're leaning Drew's way, uh, you know, the transfer portal opens up in May. And so yeah, I'm sure there's a, there's a bunch of these guys on the rosters who are older players who want to play. And if and if they're not getting the right vibes after spring camp, uh, they could explore their options. So I'm really looking at right tackle as a position uh, in question, not necessarily in like a bad way, but in a hey, we got to figure out what Penn State has to figure out what they're going to do there. Great point on the transfer portal. I absolutely agree 100%. But knowing James Franklin, knowing Phil Troutwine, I'm sure they're thinking along the lines that you are thinking about, hey, we don't want anyone discouraged coming out of spring camp. So my my thing would be I would imagine they're going to do everything in their power to make it as as 50-50 of a split at that right tackle position in spring. So there's really a big mystery 
going into August camp. I expect James to be asked that question. I expect James to say, you know what? We, we like both of them. We look at them as both starters. They're both going to play a lot of football. I think that's the way he has to do it because you're right. If there's an injury or in a world where uh, there's some separation, it makes sense, especially for the older player, to kind of look at look for his options in the fall because Caden obviously wants to play. He can play. They do like Drew Shelton. So I'm sure James and Phil Trotwine will handle that, uh, specifically that battle. Uh, with kid gloves. I just think what's new to me, one of the things that's new to me, Johnny, is the left side of the offensive line. In a way, it's old, but it's also new because neither starter at the start of 2022 was able to finish the year. Olu's back at left tackle. The expectations are through the roof for him and deservedly so. But also Landon Tangwall, you know, a guy that was uh, a coveted recruit, was just starting to get things figured out uh, with the position change at left guard. And he gets hurt during warmups before the Michigan game. And uh, that had to have an effect. So assuming both those guys are 100% for spring, to me, that is new. I think Penn State should be excited about that because I think that has a chance. The left side of the offensive line really has a chance to do something, I think, pretty special moving forward. I don't think either one of them is done developing. They're both still relatively young in terms of games played. So I wanted to throw one to you as far as Kind of what is new? How about depth? Um, just depth on the interior of the offensive line. You mentioned Hunter Norzad uh, possibly being the center. Uh, they had Salim Wormley. You ha- maybe you're hoping for a hope- uh, healthy Landon Tengwall. But with Norzad moving over, I don't know how much Penn State's going to miss at the guard spots because I think they're awfully excited about Vega Ione. I hope it's Vega Ione. I never know if the E is silent or not. Vega Ione. But also I thought before he got hurt, I think Nick Dawkins, I thought in spring flashed a little bit. They have some players they really like. We haven't even really talked about the incoming recruits. Um, They're going to need a little time. But I just think the depth they have, especially inside, I think that's new. And I'm really excited to see what event when Vega gets on the field, I, I'm just going to he's a guy that you want to watch, Johnny, when you, when he's on the field. He's such a powerful player um, and he put that kid on his back in the Minnesota game. I'm excited to see what can happen on the inside of the offensive line, even if it doesn't involve starters. Yeah, you mentioned Vega. You mentioned Nick. I think J.B. Nelson's another one uh, to consider. Uh, he got some run last season and, uh, and I thought he played well given the spots that he that he came into. And so, yeah, you have uh, Hunter Norzad moving over to center. That, that By the way, that's not like uh, James Franklin hasn't announced that or anything, but that's what logically makes sense. And I, you know, we talked to uh, Juice Scruggs, uh, head of the Rose Bowl, about that possibility. And he was like, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense, right? So uh, we're assuming that's what's going to end up happening uh, here with the Penn State offensive line uh, at center specifically. But yeah, uh, to... Uh, Hunter's left and right. I feel like there's enough enough depth there. And like you mentioned, the freshmen, uh, the early enrollees, all three of them uh, that are coming in, uh, Alex Birchmeyer, Javen Williams, and uh, Anthony Donka. You also have uh, Jim Diona, uh, who was a, more of a true tackle, I think, uh, you know, coming in in the summer. You know, Birchmeyer, Williams, those guys uh, will start off at tackle in spring ball and then see what happens from there. If, uh, if they fit more if their body types if their uh, if their skill set fits more on the interior, then those are just a couple more bodies that you have just in case. Uh, and two talented you know players at that too. I mean, Javen Williams, a five-star uh, offensive lineman, uh, first five-star offensive lineman of James Franklin's tenure. And Birchmeyer was one of the best, if not the best player coming out of Virginia. Uh, so you like what you have from a, from a, I think from a front end, you know, first team, 
talent wise. I think you really like what you have there going from, you know, fashion on the left side, all the way over to whether it's Wallace or uh, Shelton on the right. And then the depth I think is they're in a really good spot. I think they can withstand an injury. Uh, withstand an injury if if they get it, uh, but obviously you'd you'd like guys like Landon Tangwall to be healthy throughout the entire year and Olu Fashion to be healthy throughout the entire year, and that starts with spring camp. Keep them healthy, keep keep those guys in bubble wrap, um, and uh, and make sure that there's no freak injuries in March and April. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different. And we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're talking about what could potentially be new for Penn State heading into spring, but throughout the offseason here. On the Blue White Breakdown, Johnny McGonigal and Bob Flanders. Johnny, if we wanted to, we could probably spend about four hours talking about the wide receiver room. So let's table that to wait when we have a little bit more time because between the uh, the change at the coaching spot, the transfer portal, the young guys, you got Keandre Lambert Smith. To me, that's that's almost like a whole Blue White Breakdown episode. Let's another position though that interests me is the safety room. Um, What's new at safety for a number of reasons. I don't think you would get much disagreement from the fan base. If you said James Franklin's in his 10th year and he, he never had a safety quite like Jair Brown during his tenure. He had some good players for sure at safety guys that played in the NFL, but you want, when you want to talk about a guy like an all around safety, I don't think it's even that close. I think Jair Brown has absolutely been the best all around safety that James Franklin I said they're replacing him. Hopefully he gets his name called early uh, in the NFL draft. I don't see why he wouldn't. But um, when you look at the makeup of that safety room and what they have back, um, they're going to they're definitely going to miss Jair Brown. But it's not like it's I mean, the cupboard, there, there are some talented players ready, to, I think, for bigger roles. We saw it when James committed to playing, you know, Zaki Wheatley and Jalen Reed in 2022 early. But they also have some players behind them that they like, and they continue to recruit really talented safety prospects. Not all of them are on campus now, but boy, Johnny, to me, that's a fascinating position. We won't see all of them in spring, but I, when you want to talk about competition, I mean, I think Keaton Ellis, the veteran, is obviously going to be a starter, but you know, Manny Diaz and Anthony Poindexter could go a lot of different ways at the other safety spot. And when they go to extra DB packages, 
I'm sure they're going to be comfortable playing at least three safeties on the field at once, if not more, because that's how good this group is. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned Jair Brown at the top and it can't be overstated just the importance that he had on not only that safety room, but that defense as a whole in that team, uh, heartbeat of the defense and not just from an emotional standpoint, from a production standpoint as well. It, it helps when you have a leader that is, you know, that has the respect of the room that is also backing it up with what he's doing on the field. I mean, he was making plays just drive in, drive out for this defense, uh, a defense that prides itself on being aggressive and being disruptive. And I really think Jair set that tone uh, along with Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King in the secondary. So replacing that, it's going to be difficult. But uh, having Keaton Ellis back, a veteran player who started a bunch for this team, I think really helps. But then you look at Jalen Reed and Zaki Wheatley. And if you actually look at the, the defensive snap breakdown from 2022, uh, Jalen Reed actually played more snaps uh, defensively than Keaton Ellis did. Uh, Jalen Reed 430, Ellis 391, and Zaki Wheatley 372. So there's a lot of experience there, a lot of reps, a lot of production from all three of those. And so, you know, if you're Anthony Poindexter, the safeties coach, you're feeling really good with what you have with your top three guys. And then even beyond them, KJ Winston is one that I think can really step up uh, this season. Uh, I know you have a story coming out on Makai Flowers from Harrisburg. Uh, he's making progress uh, after his uh, freshman season. You mentioned the incoming guys, Dakari Nelson and King Mack. Again, King Mack, one of the best names, uh, probably the best name on the roster. And I think both of those guys, though, they have the pedigree that that you want. Uh, Both four-star guys, both from the South and uh, were heavily recruited by the SEC, decided to come up to Penn State. Yeah, uh, Elliott Washington is another one to keep an eye on. I I know that he's listed as a DB on Penn State's roster. uh, And in his Twitter bio, he says he's a corner. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see where he begins his Penn State career, whether that's at safety or corner. I think they like having the flexibility there, but I don't think you necessarily need him to play safety because you're so confident uh, in the depth that you have, which is that's a luxury when you lose a guy like Jair Brown. I can't be overstated that when you lose a guy like that and have the pieces that they have in place, it's a pretty good spot. It's a pretty good spot for Anthony Poindexter. When we talk about Penn State in the safety position and where they're at right now, I think we also have to credit James and his assistants recruiting efforts and and also Anthony Poindexter, the position coach, because not too long ago, Johnny, safety was an issue for Penn State in terms of depth. They were go, they were having to move players to play safety, whether it was Nick Scott, uh, whether it was Troy Apke. They had some classes where they brought safeties in. One of the guys you covered at Pitt was a safety guy from uh, was originally a Penn State safety guy. He eventually got on the field at Pitt and had a really nice career, but they were having trouble, I think getting safeties up to speed, recruiting recruiting them, and getting them up to speed at Penn State. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think they've gotten better at it. I think they develop better. I think they're getting better prospects. Um, Johnny Patrician, that's the name. Sorry, I didn't want to short Johnny Patrician because I really respect the fact that he, he was able to really become a really good college player at Pitt because it didn't look good for him. I think he had a lot of injuries at Penn State. But a note on Makai Flowers, last year he just wasn't big enough. He was a pretty highly touted kid out of CD East, but he said he walked on when he got to when he got to Penn State as a four-star, he was 179 pounds and that just is not going to cut it, I think, at major college football. He's now he said he's close to he's he's up to the 190s, he's bigger. I think he's going to be able to compete for playing time whether it's on special teams or you know, as a backup safety and maybe have a a much larger role. He's definitely an athlete. I'm anxious to see him, but I wanted to circle back just as the key Wheatley, because 
Johnny, he just seems to me that every once in a while you find those guys that they always, always have a knack for getting either their hands on the ball or forcing a turnover, or if it's a big play, he's in the middle of it in a good way. He hasn't played long at Penn State, but this guy, he he is around the ball, and you know whether it's forcing fumbles, whether it's interceptions, you know he had a big hit on that quarterback in the Rose Bowl, um, and he had to leave the game shortly after with a knee injury. I'm not saying he caused it, but Wheatley is the guy that finds the football, and I think that eventually um, he is going to force his way onto the field, and that's going to be a really good thing for Penn State. If you're looking for a guy that's going to be maybe Penn State's next really great ball hawk uh, after Jair Brown. My money would probably be on Wheatley, but all those guys, they have so many options. I just think that the safety position has come a long way at Penn State in a short time. Yeah, I mean, Zaki Wheatley was the takeaway king coming out of uh, training camp ahead of the 2022 season. And yeah, James had a had a quote back then. It was in August uh, saying that, hey, some guys just have a nose for the ball. They just have the ball just finds them. And it was such an easy quote to go back and use whenever we were writing about Zaki throughout the the 2022 season, uh, because it was kind of just a, Hey, like a prediction coming true here where this isn't just a fluke. It's not just a fluke that he was around the ball during training camp, because you look at the production that he had, like you mentioned a two picks, a forced fumble, uh pass breakup and uh, you know, 27 total tackles. He was around the ball. Even when he wasn't logging something in the stat sheet, it felt like he was affecting the play. And that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. I mentioned how Manny Diaz wants to play this defensive mentality, that aggression, that aggression, that the disruption, and to be able to develop safeties. Like, like I said, when you have a Jair Brown already and playing so many snaps and playing such a role, but to be able to develop a Zaki Wheatley, to develop a Jalen Reed, Winston, one of four true freshmen on the defensive side of the ball to have over a hundred snaps uh, in 2022. That's big. That's big for your development and uh, as a safety room, as a defense, as a team. Uh, And so I really like what Zaki has uh, coming into the spring camp. I think it could be a big opportunity for him. We don't know uh, Jalen Reed's status. We know that uh, he was his arm was in a sling. Uh, We saw after the Rose Bowl uh, and he had surgery in the weeks following that. So not sure what his availability will be for spring camp. Once that starts, we'll have to ask James Franklin next time we see him, Bob. But you know, Zaki Wheatley, this could be a big spring for him. Let's do one more real quick. I still think this is an interesting position just because of what they're replacing and what's coming back and what potentially is coming down the road because of the way they've recruited the position. But Johnny, let's talk about the tight end room. Brenton Strange had his best year by far in 2022. He is going to be here. His name called in the NFL draft. I don't know if it'll be on the second day. It might be, or if it isn't on the second day, it's probably going to be early on day three. I, pro- I would say Penn State's most complete tight end when you talk about blocking, catching, all that stuff. A team leader, really impressed by him. He was a kid that did not weigh much when he got to Penn State, and when he left, he was close to 250. They're kind of they're going to miss him, but when you have what they have coming back, Theo Johnson and, and Tyler Warren, plus the way they've recruited that position the last uh, you know the last couple of classes, it's exciting to think about the potential of the tight end room and how they can use them as chess pieces in the offense with two and three tight end sets, the T formation, all of that good stuff with those running backs. You know, as, as excited I am about to watch Theo Johnson's final, this will, this should be his final year at Penn state. I think he was probably pretty curious about maybe leaving for the NFL. You had written that. And I think that, you know, he didn't really say anything, but he's certainly athletically 
matches up with a lot of the tight ends that are eligible for the draft. But I also was excited to see Tyler Warren come on the final five or six games in 2022. The former quarterback in high school, he looks really comfortable at tight end now. And I just think that's a great one-two punch. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple. It could be Khalil Dinkins. It could be somebody else. But uh, they want to play three tight ends. And I, I'm, I want to see which third tight end emerges. I'm thinking it might be Jerry Cross, who is, you know, he didn't really be, he was out injured last season, but James Franklin, uh, you know, throughout the year uh, on multiple occasions, you know, unprompted would just bring up Jerry Cross as a guy who, you know, is one to keep an eye on. And, uh, and that was the case throughout the, you know, talking to offensive players throughout the Rose Bowl, he was a name that popped up. And so uh, keep an eye on him, but. Yeah, I just don't think you can you can overlook the potential that Theo Johnson has uh, as a you know, I, he obviously was a, a big play magnet you know last season and and he was able to push the ball down the field and uh, and break loose for this offense that really struggled at times to to push the ball downfield. But I think he has more to give. He even knows that uh, after the Rose Bowl was able to talk to him. Uh, for a bit outside Penn State's locker room, and and he said he was then that he was leaning towards coming back because he felt like he had room to become a more complete tight end and not satisfied with his play. And I think he has more to give and more to grow. And uh, but man, is he athletic? You know, to have that kind of speed and what, to to be that big body to have six foot six, a uh, six foot six frame going over the middle and and testing safeties and corners in the slot. That's so difficult to deal with. Um, and when you have that speed, it's hard for a linebacker to keep up. So uh, if Mike Yursich is able to use him the way I'm sure Theo Johnson wants to be used in this offense, then you're looking at a real, like you said, a real chess piece, but someone that um, it could be a trump card, you know, for for this offense going into the 2023 season. Uh, and what what better, you know, to have for a true freshman, not a true freshman anymore, but a first year starting quarterback is a dominant, dependable tight end. And so I think Theo Johnson is in for a really big year. Yeah, I think athletically, I mean, he is absolutely he is absolutely in the same class as Gasicki and uh, and Pat Fryermuth. And I just remember talking to him for a magazine story for the 2022 season. And just I had heard the time and I was like, I'm going to ask the other tight ends. And they all verified it to the hundredth of a second. Four, five, one, he ran uh, at 260 pounds. And he was pretty confident that 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 number was going to go lower when he runs it again, but he broke Gasicki's uh, 40 time. And I know there's a lot more to football, right? Than a fast 40 time. But I thought in the second half of the year, he was playing to that on the field. You know, it's one thing to look, look, look the part, you know, in the uniform. But as the year went on, he was having a greater impact on the game and not just as a, not just as a receiver, you know, as a blocker, he was, he, I think he has come a long way. And so has Tyler. They both have come a long way. As blockers, I think you have to give Ty House some credit for that too. I think they also took their lead from uh, Brenton Strange, and he's going to be missed. But I mean, if if you're a new quarterback at Penn State with with the the toolkit that Drew Aller has, yeah, it could probably be a little bit nerve wracking. But when you look at who you can hand the ball to and who you can throw the ball to, you know, and their size dimensions, and you look at that offensive line. It could be pretty good to be Drew this uh, this fall if he if he claims the job, which we expect expect him to. They're going to miss some players, but boy, the way that James Franklin's recruited and the tight end position, I think is is a, cl- a clear example of that. Boy, they have really done a great job, and it's going to be it's going to be exciting to watch the tight ends. It's going to be exciting to watch the offensive line, and it's going to be really exciting to watch these safeties. I mean, they're they're replacing some really good players, but they're now to the point where. 
they are reloading on a, on a consistent basis. A good program, they lose some good players, but they got guys ready to step in. I feel like that's, that's where Penn State is. I know you're excited too, Johnny. Yeah, one more note on Theo Johnson too. You know, over the last you know, seven games of Penn State season, he had at least he had one 25-yard catch in six of Penn State's final seven games of the year. Now, it was a little sporadic because sometimes he'd have you know, two catches in a game in one of them. But again, to have that kind of playmaking ability, and if you're able to get that to be more consistent, and shoot, if you can have you know, two of those a game or you know, three of those catches every you know, couple games, you're looking at a real piece that you can build around in an offense. And uh, you know, when you start working a play-action game with Nick Singleton and Catron Allen and that offensive line, and you can get really tough as a defense to be able to defend that. Uh, and so, yeah, Theo Johnson is one to watch. And yeah, like, like you mentioned, Tyler Warren, I think, was was dependable when needed. Uh, we'll see who emerges among that, that third tight end group, whether it's Jerry Cross, Dinkins, Maybe even Joey Schlafer uh, from Exeter, who's coming in, uh, you know, came in as an early enrollee. So, yeah, we'll see. But I think Theo is definitely one to watch his spring ball, and like you mentioned, the safeties and the offensive line as well. And we'll talk about more positions too as as the podcasts roll on in the coming weeks. All right, Johnny, that's going to be a wrap for this blue white breakdown. Also, kudos to you for moving on. I like the fact you're wearing a Sixers hat. Uh, I think that's a really good sign for your. For your emotional well-being, I'm happy to see it. But you're right. We, I mean, I would, I wanted to talk about the wideouts, but to me, that's that's almost like trying to. You have to write a book about this position. I don't know that. I don't know that there's a more interesting position than wide receivers. And maybe we'll get to that uh, either next week or the the following week. But spring practice is about a month out, Johnny. I don't know if you see where I'm going with this. It's going to be warmer out, and the next thing you know, it's going to be Philly season. They're almost already ready for spring training. You won't even remember the Super Bowl in a couple of months. Pitchers and catchers report soon, Bob. So that's that's what we're that's what we're hanging on to. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.